0: Hey, well, everybody, welcome to the Tea to Green podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, and I'm excited about my guest for today's show. He's somebody that I work with uh, when I work PGA Tour events. He is a, I'm not sure what he is, actually, what his official title is, but he works with cameras, and he's an awesome guy to work with. One of the first people I've met um, working on the PGA Tour. His name is Mike Wolf, and he gets to go to all the tournaments, and I'm looking forward to. Hearing um and have him tell you about his job, what he does, how he does it, where he's been, where he's going, and all the great things that go along with it, because he gets some awesome access, and I'm sure he's got some great stories for us. So here's my conversation uh, with my friend and colleague Mike Wolf. Well, Mike, I, I'm I'm not even sure what your title is, what to call you. So what what is your official title besides all around? Great guy, an awesome videographer and photographer
1: but <laughs> for the p g a tour, I'm just considered a camera operator slash editor so um and anything in between we make graphics, we do sound uh but uh we make our own travel, but yeah no, we're a camera operator slash editor
0: Yeah, and so you know that i I'm glad you said that because you know there's got to be some sort of title, but there's so much more that That it goes with the job, isn't there?
1: yeah, I mean, I show up to a shoot and maybe I'm also a producer or director i'm I'm asking questions a lot of times uh of the players and and or whoever we happen to be talking about but it's uh yeah it's a little bit of everything i'm a I'm a production package in me.
0: How did you get into it because you know a lot of you know people ask me all the time and you know i I know they're it's some it's funny sometimes the way they ask like how the hell did you ever get into that um <laughs> but but I know what they mean they mean like <laughs> hey man h- how did this happen for you how did it all come together where you know you you got to work on the PGA tour
1: it's all about being in the right place at the right time unfortunately i mean it it's it's uh, i would say 90% luck and 10% talent uh in my situation i just happened to email somebody at the tour uh, and kept up with the email for, you know, every two or three months, I'd email them again. And, uh, Bay Hill was coming around and I live 10 minutes from, uh, Bay Hill golf club. And so I said, Hey, I'm going to be in town when Bay Hill's around. Do you want me to come out and help you out? You need something? I'd love to see what's going on. And, and, uh, and it just so happened they did need somebody, something happened. and, And a person couldn't make it. So they needed somebody. And, and the rest was history. That was 2013.
0: Yeah, that's not luck, buddy. That's persistence. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and they made a right choice. Uh, but it, it wasn't just like, okay, boom, you're here, right? I mean, um, you, you, you've, you, know, you got the shot, and then, okay, we'll use this guy again. And then, hey, this guy's pretty good. And then um, you become a mainstay out there. Is that a fair way to uh, say how it's worked out?
1: Yeah, no, it started off slow, I, I would say. I mean, I I ended up doing seven tournaments, but that first tournament, Bay Hill in 2013, uh, they only had me scheduled to work through Friday. And then something happened, and I was like, well, yeah, I can come out on the weekend, and then I come out on the weekend. And then uh, that was the year we had like a microburst come over the, the golf course, and it you know, they ended up having a halt play on Sunday uh, and then and then do a Monday finish. And the guy that was scheduled to work that week, he was working through the weekend, but he had another tournament he had to get to on that Monday. He couldn't stay. And so just out of convenience, I said, well, I have my own gear. I can come back on Monday and do what you need. And, and so there I was and getting Tiger finishing on that Monday uh, for his first win, I believe, of 2013. Uh, ended up being player of the year that year, but I was there for that. And, and so they saw me as dependable and, and, uh, and I guess likable and, and there we went, but, uh, since 2013, I was doing the math the other day when you, when you asked me to come out here and and be a part of your podcast, I've done 127 tournaments, uh, with the PGA tour between uh, 2013 and today. So wow, it's, it's been a lot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Well, congratulations uh, on that. And um, you know, you wouldn't work that many if you weren't good. And so, uh, you know, and I, I could tell the, the first time we worked together. My the first term that I worked was when we used to do EQT. Uh, it was called the Enhanced yeah. Quick Turnaround. Where um, and and now with PGA Tour Live, uh, they've, they've got it live and, it, and it's going. But. Uh, Mike, uh, for the audience, Mike would uh, you know, have the video camera. He'd film golf shots. I would announce golf shots, and so would other people. wasn't just me. Uh, but we do it Thursday, Friday morning early. And so we'd be out there working together as a crew, and you'd have some runners. And, uh, we, boy, we've got some stories we could share <laughs> from that, but we won't. But we won't. Um, but I always found it, and I think I asked you this the first time we worked together. And I'm like, man, how hard is it to film the golf ball coming into the green?
1: Well I think in the uh in in, in Trying to secure my job and, and have uh, make sure that nobody else comes for it. it's super difficult. It's really hard, uh, but no, it's it's actually it's not that bad. If I were trying to follow, you know, the the typical Saturday uh, hacker, then it would be a lot more difficult because the ball flight's going all over the place. They may may not get off the ground, uh, or or they slice it or hook it. But these guys, I mean, they're all pros. They've been doing this their entire lives. And when we're out there following them, it's a lot of times up and down, up and down, up and down. So once you, once you get that motion and figure out where they're, where they're at, it's not as hard as you would think. Um, I would say maybe it gets a little bit more difficult with different guys, uh, swings like, uh, Matt Jones is really quick. So when you're just kind of getting set up, you know, with the shot, he would, he'll just fire and then you're not ready just because of how fast he is. Or, uh, or Hideki Matsuyama now you kind of understand that he has that pause at the top but a lot of guys uh when they get when when they get to the top of the backswing a camera operator will start their motion knowing that the ball is going to pop out hot so it can you know you, you definitely after after some time and getting used to these guys uh you pick up on their on their motions and their uh their swings and everything and and it makes it a lot easier but it's not nearly as difficult as you would think
0: it it it's easier, too, with the bigger cameras, right? I mean, you know, with technology today and um, the advancements, you know, camera and decrease in size, right, uh, it's still – it's easier with a bigger camera on the shoulder, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the bigger the lens, the tighter you can get. I liked it, you know, when we were doing our, our highlights uh, that you were calling and we'd be set up behind the green – uh, I would zoom into the player out in the fairway, and I'd probably put him if you're looking at your t v screen I would put him in the lower third of the of of the frame, and that way when they hit the ball, I have a little bit of uh cushion to try to catch up to the ball and zoom in uh but I would start a little bit wider just so I could see that ball for the first you know split second of ball flight and then yeah, and then zoom in on it once it's in the air and then pull back as it comes down into the green. Uh, you, you know, the wired camera lenses, it's it's going to be a lot more difficult. You want to be able to zoom in. Uh, it, it's just the, the bigger the ball, the bigger you can make the ball, the easier it is.
0: Gotcha. Now, and, and, but you do a lot of work now with uh, DSLRs, right? Is that, is that if, if I'm right with the camera that I see you using most of the time now? Yeah. 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 It, it, so explain explain the advantages of, of that, and is are you shooting more – Uh, like, I'd like to know that I think when I see you out there in the golf course, I know what you're shooting. I know some of it, you're probably doing both, right? (laughs) Video, video and photos.
1: Well, yeah, my camera is able to switch over from video and photo. I don't do so much photo, but there's sometimes like just, I'm a, I'm a, uh, amateur photographer. I enjoy taking photos. Uh, sometimes there are moments where you just have to stop what you're doing. I'm getting paid to take video, but sometimes you have to stop and like, oh, I got to capture this. Like Tiger Woods uh, coming down the 18th at tour championship this year and just the throngs of people that jumped into the fairway. I, I was there to record video, but it's like, I got to capture it. I got to have this. Nobody's going to go back and watch video, you know, but you like to go back and look at these little slideshows, look at the photos and those those moments where you were there. And sometimes people will look at videos, but that just takes more time. I like to look at the photos sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, so I could switch over back and forth. The advantage for me using a DSLR is just the quality. It looks really pretty. It has the depth of field, so my subject is in focus and the foreground and background are in uh, out of focus. And uh, it just, it looks, it looks really pretty. And then I also like to shoot in slow motion and get some pretty slow motion shots and everything. And just everything, the world looks fascinating to me in slow motion. And the other advantage to using a DSLR versus using a a shoulder camera, an ENG news camera, uh, is I like to go out and go for a walk so on the weekends when we know that the leaders are coming in the final groups uh i'll just go out there and get them teeing off on the first hole and i'll walk with them for the front nine and then uh and then go catch up with with other guys later in the afternoon but i just like to go out for a walk and it makes it so much easier we have golf carts but there's so many people and it makes it really difficult to get around sometimes and and uh being inside the ropes and walking with the guys is is just a lot more fascinating you get to hear their conversations and 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 really see how they go about their business uh if you love the game if you're like a student of the game walking with these guys is the way to do it I, inside I, the ropes
0: yeah i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't agree with you more yeah there are times where you know, doing what I do with announcing it, uh, you know, you've got to move ahead and you need the cart. But, man, if I can walk ahead, I'll do that as much as possible. Well, number one, I mean, you get to walk these amazing, (laughs) amazing golf courses, right? I mean, the scenery is just fantastic. And it's just – and when you're inside the – you're so insulated inside the ropes there, and you get to be in these special spots. As you mentioned, like with Tiger coming up 18, the Tour Championship – Bring me to that moment. I mean, what was, what was the, what did that feel like? I mean, cause it, it, it must have been amazing because you felt compelled, like, I've got to take a photo of this.
1: Yeah, I was a little bit numb to it because I've seen it so many times before. <laughs> it was, it was, no, it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in golf. And I, I've been working in golf since 2006, but I've never seen anything quite like this. I mean, if you go back and look at the photo or the videos, rather, in this situation, go back and look at the videos, and you'll see Rory McElroy, Tiger's playing partner, on Sunday, kind of jogging to get ahead of the crowd because it was just it was so overwhelming and tiger just kind of took it in and you see him smiling and, and and my photos and video and it was but for me personally to witness that like i had i had goosebumps all over and i just i was smiling and 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 also i i was determined to get something out of it but it was it was just a, a moment that i'll not forget and if there's a movie made about Tiger Woods. I mean, this is the perfect ending for him to come walking up the fairway like this with these thousands of people uh, just kind of swarming him. And then he makes that putt to win uh, for his 80th, 80th victory. And I think that that was uh, a moment, a movie making moment. I wish it were a major, but I'll accept that it was the final tournament of the
0: PGA Tour season. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was a major moment, that's for sure. If not a major tournament, uh, and well said, yes, that that would be a. Well, it was just you know, real life, right? Uh, sometimes fiction. You can't write fiction as uh, great of a story it is in real life, and that was a great story for Tiger uh, on, on the yeah. comeback there and all those people. Um, so, you you mentioned it was one hundred and twenty-seven tournaments. Yes. Okay. Which is there one that stands out in your mind? Is why well? that's the best one I've ever worked. That's a tough question. The best I know. One I've ever worked. Oh, man. Well, There's... just just because of like how it's won. Maybe it was Tiger there, or maybe it was uh, you know the crowd reaction. Um, you know, I'll just give you an example. Like people ask me, ah, oh, you worked this and that. I said I'll tell you one of the greatest moments was watching Jordan Spieth hole out, standing there behind eighteen at the Travelers. Uh, you know, up yeah. in the bunker in a playoff. Like I'll never forget that and uh I'll never forget uh, the year before watching Jim Furyk shoot 58. Just incredible. Uh yeah. moments that stand yeah. out like that.
1: Yeah, I I I feel like I've had a bunch of cool moments again 10 years in golf and I was doing more math. I have worked 9 9 majors with the PGA Tour. Uh, 24 majors in my career. Uh, so I've seen a lot of really cool stuff. I've seen Tiger win several times and, and just all the, you know, the young guns, Jordan Speed coming from behind it, uh, Chambers Bay and just, uh, I've seen some really cool things. Uh, from regular tournaments, I would say one of my, one of my favorite moments was last year, 2017 Barbasol Championship. It's an opposite field event. It's going on the same week as the Open Championship. Uh, I was out there shooting, and it was in Auburn, Alabama, or Opelika, uh, Alabama, and it was really, really hot outside. Uh, just you didn't want to be out there for very long. But I was out just trying to get guys on the afternoon on Friday, and uh, I went out to follow the group of uh, Cameron Tringali, uh, Rory Sabatini, and Sean Stephanie. And Sean Stephanie's caddy was just kind of—he was acting a little strange. He wasn't being like the normal stoic caddy type and uh they got behind one of the holes and and he didn't even go up on the green to help sean read it and he was kind of down on his knees behind the green and i walked over and i said hey are you doing okay he's like ah just this heat heat is killing me i'm just i'm not feeling good i'm not And i said look i got a golf cart over there if you want to go and sit down for a little bit i'd be happy to carry the back i said i uh, I don't know the first thing about caddying, but they built me big. I can go out there. I'll carry the bag for you. For, for your listeners, I'm six foot seven and three hundred down. so I, I got a little bit of size, and and I can I can carry things more than just the camera. <laughs> uh, he said he was okay, and I said, all right, okay, all right, and I'll stay with you in case you change your mind. We get up to the next tee box, and after Sean Stephanie hits his ball, his caddy turns to me and he's like, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's going on. I can't do this. And Sean looks at me. and He's like, "Get in here!" And so I gave my camera to a photographer that was uh, riding along with me—a Getty photographer, uh, Sam Greenwood. Give him my gear, and, and I give him the key to the golf cart. I said, "Take this guy up to the up to the uh, clubhouse. Let him get some fluids at him." and uh i picked up the bag and that was it i caddied for seven holes for son stephanie we went three under uh and those seven holes and he ended up making the cut <laughs> and he tipped me a hundred bucks i still have the hundred dollars i, I could have used it but I, no, I i still have it uh it was just a cool moment you know we walking down the fairway with the player and and getting to know him he recognizes me from being out here all the time and and uh but he's never had like a conversation so we're just talking and uh and on the last hole uh i've been paying attention to what he was hitting on the different distances and everything and on the last hole uh he's looking we're playing the number nine uh hole and he's looking at the green and i'm i'm looking i'm like man that's just that feels like a nine iron to me. And I kind of pulled the nine iron and had it sitting there and he's doing all his math and comes back over to the back. He's like, yeah, nine iron. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know that's what I do. <laughs> Gave it to him and, and ended up hitting it up there and two punts for bar. But it was uh it was a cool moment uh, in my history of cool moments. That- I have more. If you want to hear them, I have more stories for cool moments.
0: Well, yeah. Keep I mean, First of all, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that is a, a dream. It's you know. Before I started working uh, for PGA Tour radio uh, and with you, I'll say, um, I I offered it to Dudley Hart uh, once when I was coming. I said, Hey, if you ever need anybody a fill in whatever, I'd love to do it. And he goes, No, you don't. You wouldn't love to do it. <laughs> I said, No, I'd love to do it. He goes, I- I'm a little different when I'm playing. And I'm like, Ah, it'd still be fun. So um, I still think it'd be. Uh, pretty cool to do. So that that that's an awesome story. Uh, for, and it doesn't surprise me, by the way, that you were looking out for uh, your fellow man out there on the golf course. All right, so hit us with another good one, Mike. Uh,
1: well, so uh, when I worked at Golf Week Magazine from 2006 to 2011, that's where I got my start in golf. Uh, we covered more than just the men's majors and men's tournaments. We covered college and amateur uh, events and, and uh, women's events. And uh, we... You know, we saw a lot of these guys. I saw Peter Uline when he was 15 years old competing at the IMG Academies over in Bradenton. Ricky Fowler uh, told us when he was going to OSU, It was he told Golf Week on camera. That was the first time that that came out. Hmm. Um, so we've been around these guys for a long time. And it was really cool to come up. But in 2010, uh, the U.S. Women's Open was being played at uh, Oakmont. And we were doing a walk-and-talk with Paula Creamer on the third hole, which is famous for the church pew bunkers. And uh, in the middle of the walk-and-talk, I stopped for a second. I was like, Paula, since we're sitting here, can I, real quick, just kind of get you out there in the church pews? I'd love to just get a photo of you just, I don't know, acting like you're praying for a victory or something. <laughs> and Paula Creamer, she had, she had had a tough season that season, and the season before she had hyperextended her thumb and had had uh, surgery, I think, earlier that year to to fix it. And, uh, so yes, she, obliged, she went out into the church pew bunkers and, and acted like she was praying, or maybe she didn't act, maybe she was actually praying for victory. And, uh, I took a photo and it's one of the coolest photos I think I've ever taken. And she ended up going on to win the tournament that week by four strokes with bandage, thumb and all. So it was, um, it was, that was a really cool moment just being a part of that. And it was just, it kind of felt like we had. Somehow made an impact on her confidence for that week and uh and got her got her to win uh w g c mexico championship earlier this year uh justin thomas coming up the eighteen toll ended up making a an eagle from the fairway uh and I happened to be behind him uh shooting. Toward the sunlight and had it in slow motion and and just getting that whole shot. I was the only person that has this shot of him making the eagle from behind and then celebrating with Jimmy and then walking up and getting a high five with Tony Finau. It, it's just it was one of the coolest shots that I captured last year.
0: That's and, one of my uh, favorite calls, Mike. And uh, I'm going to jump in yeah. here because I was behind the green uh, calling it for radio and it was. Um, just an awesome shot, right? I mean, to go in and yeah, I'm standing next to—I don't forget—you know—a couple of these, uh, you know, locals. All right, we're in Mexico, and they—they they didn't speak English, and they just did give me the thumbs up on the call, and then afterwards, uh, Dave Logue, uh my boss, uh, maybe a couple of days later, they mashed it up, and they—I think they mashed your video with. Yeah. My call and the call, the international call, the Spanish call. And was, yeah. they went back and forth, and that was really, really neat.
1: Yeah, that was that was really cool. I just wish that JT could have won, because then that that, that video is part of like an, an historical record. But it was still a great shot. Just Phil ruined it for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was, uh, you know, he, yeah, it, it would have been back-to-back weeks, a win for him, because he just won the Honda and i remember interviewing him and he was he was crushed losing to phil it was i mean he was it was interesting cuz i interviewed him after right there in the green i was 17 when when phil won it and phil was i mean that's one of my favorite moments too when phil won cuz uh he kind of gave me a hug and i'm like i barely know you phil awesome <laughs> right i mean no but it was just it was just, you know, of these cool things like this great achievement that he, he finally won again at his age, and uh, I'm close to his age. And, like, this was kind of neat. And then on the other side, there's Justin Thomas, who was fighting back the emotion of, hey, you know, I had a chance to beat Phil Mickelson in the playoff. Like, it, it was just kind of – it was interesting to me to see what it meant to both players uh, for that. And those are some of the moments we get to see being right there. Right.
1: And that's that's one of the reasons – I'm I I had no idea what golf was before I started working in it, but now I love golf. I can't stand being away from golf. If I'm not golfing myself or, or watching golf, then I'm out playing golf. I just, I have to be part of the game. I love it. But for me, like as a camera operator in sports, I like to be a part of that record, that historical record, you know, in 20, 30, 50, 80 years, when they go back and they look at, historical golf footage i want my shots to be able to help tell that story and that's that's one of the things that i'm in it for i love it just as a documentarian and as a sports fan i think it's really awesome to be a part of that history
0: yeah no well said there it it, it you yeah, to be part of some of these moments um it, it's special right and it's it's one, it, it, you, you think about all the people who pay to be there to watch the moments and like, I'm getting paid to be here. This is even better. I probably should, I'll edit that out. I'll edit that part out, Mike, so we can. Definitely keep that on the down low, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, they all know it. Listen, our bosses know it. They they, they know it, but they also know that, hey, it, it is, it's demanding at times, Mike, and let's let transition to that part. I mean, you just got back from Asia, uh, from the stint over there. And, you know, while hey, traveling's great, it wears on you, doesn't it?
1: It absolutely does. I I, I love traveling. I hate air travel. <laughs> I hate the process. I love being in a new city. I hate the process. Uh, our first, uh, I was over there for the Asian Swing. It was my second year doing the Asian Swing for the PGA Tour, and our first stop is Kuala Lumpur, which is a awesome city. It's just it's beautiful. The people are great, and there's so much to do and. But the getting over there is just not fun. I flew uh, Orlando to Atlanta, Atlanta to Tokyo, and then Tokyo to Kuala Lumpur. And from the time that I left my driveway to the time I walked into the hotel lobby, it was 32 hours oh. on the dot. And oh, my. It was, it, was, it was exhausting. And then the flight back, our third stop, was Shanghai, uh, watching Bender Choffley win uh, at the WGC HSBC Championships. Uh, Pretty cool moment, but uh, flying back again, and as excited as I was to get home, there's just nothing that can prepare you for that flight. I think it ended up taking me 27 hours uh, to get home, again, door to door, and it's exhausting. And to this day, I'm still having trouble. I've been home for a week now today. Uh, I'm still having trouble getting on the right sleep schedule, and and the time change, uh, daylight savings, did not help anything. Today, I would have woken up at 6.30 in the morning. Instead, it was five thirty because of the time change. So it's uh, it can be trying, but it's a lot of fun. Again, getting getting to see these new places and and especially outside of you know your comfort zone, outside of Orlando, Florida or uh, Buffalo, New York. You know, getting to go and see these other cultures. Um, A cool moment that had nothing to do with golf, but when I was walking around the streets of Shanghai, we did a shoot uh, with. The top guys at the HSBC, they were playing badminton. I don't know if you saw that video. Uh, We did a shoot with them out there in Shanghai, and then afterwards everyone went to dinner, and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to walk around Shanghai. Our hotel's so uh, far away from downtown. So I want to go out, walk around for a little bit, and take some photos. So that's what I did. I went walking around, and there was one point where I was following behind uh, this family. It was a mother, father, and then a young teen, maybe a 12- or 13-year-old, Boy, and he kept looking back at me, probably because I'm tall and not Chinese, and and, uh, at one point he came over to me, and he uh, asked me something, and I had no idea what he was saying to me, and I, hold on a second, hold on. I pull out my phone, and I go to the Google Translate, and I hold down the microphone. And he talks into it, and I read what it says. He was just asking where I was from, <laughs> and so I told him America. And then he got all excited and gave me a thumbs up, and he ran back up to his parents. And then I turned the corner and started going down a different way. I looked back, and he was looking back at me, and he waved to me. And I, <laughs> I didn't know who was more excited. It was just such a little moment, and it uh, it was just really cool to be able to to be able to go over and experience different people, different cultures, and I just I think that's. That's
0: one of the great benefits of my job. Yeah, that's awesome. Travel. Yeah, you know, I, I was looking at some of your photos that you took. Um, I think on that walk, uh, there was one under. It looked like an alleyway, and uh, just, yeah. just interesting. Yeah, to go and do that, and you got, you've got to do that uh, when you travel, and uh, that's that's neat. The story there. Now, you mentioned you went and, and shot. The players seen badminton. I'm sorry. I didn't see it, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and watch it. Um, but I've seen some of the other <laughs> video pieces that you've done where you, you go with players to do things away from the golf course. Um, is there one or two of those that stand out because, you know, you've done – you've got to see do some cool things with PJ Tour players when they're in real life and not on the golf course?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, in Malaysia – uh, we took defending champion, uh, Pat Perez out to Chinatown, and it's, you know, this is a big part of, uh, Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> the Chinatown area. Uh, we took him over there and did a video of him just kind of walking around, and it ended up being like the search for Jordans. He wanted to find some, <laughs> he wanted to find some Air Jordan shoes. And for those that don't know, Pat Perez is sponsored or endorsed by uh, Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand, so he already wears Jordan golf shoes out there on the golf course and everything. Uh, but it was a lot of fun walking around Chinatown with him and just kind of getting Pat Perez's take on Chinatown, which is funnier than you can ever imagine, I'm sure. Uh, there's.
0: I watched I that one, we by the way. For... I saw that one. It was good.
1: <laughs> we were there for probably an hour, and there's way more that we couldn't use than what we could <laughs> just to kind of protect uh, the player, you know. But yeah. he, was, he was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. Um, we've done uh, ride-along videos with players. Uh, one of the first ride-along videos I remember doing was at uh, Kapalua uh, in Hawaii, and we were riding a- around with Matt Kuchar and these guys. Just away from the course and on the course too, they're great guys. They're, I mean, you're. They acknowledge you because they know who you are. They recognize you. So they acknowledge you out there. It's not. Uh, it makes a lot more fun. I mean, when you're walking through your office uh, on your way to the front desk or something, and you happen to pass somebody that works in accounting. You know, you're not going to just walk by him and do the 1,000-yard stare. You're going to say hello to him. And and so these guys recognize that we're all working together, and so it's just nice to get that acknowledgment from time to time. But Matt Kuchar on the ride-along, uh, I ended up asking him, I said, what kind of advice do you have for a guy that's playing in a pro-am? And he said, he said something I thought it was really funny. He says, uh, uh, no matter how bad a shot you hit, don't worry. The pros have seen worse. But on the other side, no matter how good a shot you hit, don't get too excited. The pros seem better. <laughs> that, was, that was good advice, I thought, just to kind of calm the nerves of uh, of your guy going out there and trying to play in a Wednesday pro am with with some of the top players in the world.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's funny too. He's a funny. <laughs> he's... I I, I want to say what he said to me at Boston two years ago when it was just um, muck uh <laughs> and they were playing in and they went double deck tees and I was cutting across the fairway to stay with my group and um it, i it, i it had just had me laughing I, I can't repeat what he said to me. and it wasn't anything you know uh language wise no i just it was just, it, <laughs> it, it was just it was one of those moments where okay it, it was a private thing and i'm just like man that yeah. guy that guy's funny that guy that guy's as funny yeah. as they say they are so <laughs>
1: All yeah, right. no, they're they're really funny. I, you know, one of my favorites is, and I don't have any examples, so I shouldn't bring it up. But Kevin Kisner is underrated in how funny he is. I don't think it, you know he doesn't get a lot of airtime, and he's not you know in the in the forefront of the public uh, consciousness. But he's he is he is a hilarious person uh, on and off the course. He's just he's really funny. So I can't I can't say enough good things about Kevin Kisner.
0: Have you ever been hit by a ball?
1: Have I been hit? I've been close to being hit. I've been hit at that 2010 U.S. Women's Open when I was trying to get just random uh, footage of the Churchview bunkers. I got hit in the uh, calf, and uh, and it was my fault. I mean, I'm out there in the middle of the fairway. I was on the fairway side trying to get the the Churchview bunkers because they split the third and fourth hole uh, down the middle there. Um, and the player came up and she was like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm so sorry. I'm like, well, I was blown out here. It was my fault. It was during a, during a practice round. So it wasn't uh, a big deal. And she asked if I wanted to sign ball. <laughs> no, it's okay. It was Wendy Ward. And I still don't know who she is. I'm sure a lot of avid golf fans know who Wendy Ward is. And she was a great human being. I had no idea who she was, so it didn't mean anything to me uh, to have a signed ball for my own fault. Uh, <laughs> But also in the, I'm trying to think of what year it was. It was uh, waste management, um, 2016, with Ricky Fowler and Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, it was on the. Boy, I feel like it was the third playoff hole. Where they must have gone like eighteen, eighteen, and then number ten. Yes. And I was the yeah. I was behind the green on number ten. And Ricky had hit his ball wide left. And so he's hitting up out of the rough. And I remember very vividly his ball landed on the green kind of near the hole, but it had a lot of velocity to it. And it came flying toward, I'm looking at it through my camera. That's before I was shooting on the DSLR. Uh, and I remember seeing the ball come hurtling toward my camera and I had to somehow lift my tripod and camera up and I pivoted around. It was like, I felt like, uh, neo in the matrix like i just the bullets kind of flying toward me and i was somehow able to move in slow motion and the ball just went right past me it didn't it was coming right for me and i got yelled at and i by all the uh fans because they thought i should have let it hit me and then maybe bounce onto the green inadvertently uh but now i was able to get out of the way and if you go back if you could find that footage of his approach shot you'll see me scramble to get out of the way and it actually looks like slow motion too. I'm a big guy; I
0: can't help it. Well, watch the tee shot on that hole from Ricky Fowler, and you'll see me jump out of the way in the left side of of the uh, fairway um, because I remember I had to scramble over the. I ran up the hill, and you know me; I'm not really a runner. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he's teeing off. I have to call the tee ball, and it's. I just see. I'm like he's turned this over right to left. And it's coming right at my chest. I jump in the air, yeah. put my hands up, and I, I hear some of my heads say saying, that you? On, is that you in the gray shirt?" Am I? Yeah. Um, it, it it just missed me, and I don't know if it would have helped him or not. It would have knocked. It would have, it would have he would have been fifty yards uh, further away from the green, but he would have been in the fairway <laughs> on that. So it's just funny that you mentioned that tournament, and that hole, because yeah. It, He just missed me, and that went over near that uh, chalet area where he had hit out of the rough there. And for those who haven't been to Phoenix, behind the tenth green where you were set up, there's not—it's like a hill, right? There's not there's not a lot of room between the green um, and the walkway behind the hill there.
1: That's right, and then they also have you know all the grandstands for the uh, for the 16th hole right there. Uh, So yeah, it gets it gets very crowded right there. There's not a lot of room. You're right.
0: Yeah. And Fowler almost got me at the Honda Classic um on the par three seventh hole and where I lost the ball and I even said in the call, like he's I know he's hit it right, I've lost the ball, and then I look over and the golf channels pointed right at me. And I look down to my left, the ball is right by my foot. It didn't hit me, but it is right by my foot. <laughs> and it's just you know, but given what we do, we're gonna have those close calls because, you know, guys are not perfect. On those shots. Yeah, that's true. Mike, final thing I I want to ask you, and this has been awesome. You've done great. By the way, I should say this. Mike was worried that he he wouldn't have anything interesting to say on this to our audience, and I knew he would, and I knew he'd have some great stories, uh, which you 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 have, and there's probably so much more we could do. Uh, But speaking of could do, is there anything in in golf that you haven't filmed yet that you want to do that you haven't had the opportunity to do yet?
1: that's a tough one. Uh, I, I mean, I've done a lot. Um, but I I would, I want to say that my first, again, before I started working in golf, I didn't know it existed. I never touched a golf club in my life until I'm 26 years old, uh, and working in golf for 10 months. That was the first time I touched a golf club. Um, but I grew to love it quickly. That being said, my first three years with golf week magazine, I had an opportunity to go to all four majors and I just did not have the appreciation for golf that I have now. And so I think if I could do anything, I would love to go back and work at Augusta. I just, I loved it while I was there and I got, you know, I got a little more acclimated to it, but I still didn't understand the history of it. And, and And, uh, and it would just, it would be nice, I think, to get back there and be able to work that tournament and, or at least just get on the property and go and take some photos. I just think it's a gorgeous place. And when I watch it on TV every year, it's just, it's not the same for people that haven't been to Augusta before. I think that uh, the one thing that you can't capture on TV are the elevation changes. It's just so hard to see when you don't have the whole 360 around you. When you're just forced to look kind of through this tunnel that's your television, you just can't appreciate how much uh, elevation change there is at Augusta National. It's absolutely, it's just insane. And I mean, you could get tired just walking outside the ropes, <laughs> just trying to get down the amen corner or whatever. It's, but I would love to be able to get back there and do that. And I just, it's, it's, uh, it's one that I have appreciation for now. And I, so I, I would like to go and pay it the proper respect.
0: Uh, amen, uh, pun intended with Amen quarter. I, I haven't been, I haven't been yet. And, uh, you know, I keep my, you know, I keep putting in the lottery and such. Um, you know, it's not one that we cover on, uh, you know, cause we work for the tour. It's not a tour event, even though it's all tour players. Right. So, uh, you know, media wise, no, we don't get the access that we normally get. But yes, I just I I, I want to go uh one year, and I keep my fingers crossed, and I let everybody everybody who has any influence know that I just want to go just a practice round. Give me a practice round. That's all.
1: <laughs> that's it. Just get in there, be able to go do the the par three contest or something. It's just it it's it's an incredible property, and and it's a lot of fun to be able to be a part of it. But I think it'd be more fun now that I have the appreciation I have for the game. Uh, I think it would it would make it that much more impactful for me.
0: Well, Mike, speaking of fun, this was fun. I, I enjoyed hearing the stories, and I, I know the listeners uh, enjoyed hearing the stories. And, and most of them now are probably, man, I wish I was Mike Wolf. <laughs>
1: well, there are worse things to wish for. I can say that—that's <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
0: And I look forward to seeing you down the road, my friend.
1: Very cool. All right, you have a good off season.
0: You too, buddy. Now, see, I knew Wolfie. That's what I love calling him. Uh, I knew Wolfie would have some great stories, and you know when we got done uh, with the recording and stopped rolling uh, the tape—if you will—nobody uses tape anymore, by the way—but <laughs> stopped rolling on the recorder. Mike and I talked for another forty-five minutes. Uh, it's just you can tell he's a great guy, and yeah, we're just talking about life and travels and things upcoming and and what he's got going on there. And he's just one of my favorite people. Um, to work with on the PGA Tour. And everybody loves Mike, and he's hard to miss. He mentioned he's 6'7", uh, and he's a big boy. Uh, but he is a great guy to work with. And we'll have him on again to talk about some other stories, uh, his travels and, and such. Because, um, again, you can tell he's a, he's a great storyteller, and he loves telling the stories, too, with his camera. So thanks for listening to this edition of the Tea to Green podcast. Make sure you go and check out some of our previous guests, and some previous colleagues, some other things we have going on there. And uh, we'll get the uh, radio gang back together, Brian and Jeff, as we get closer to Tiger versus Phil coming up here in a few weeks. Until then, I'm Kevin Sylvester, and thanks for listening to the Tea to Green podcast.